welcome everybody to episode 32. Puffy, 32. 32. Who, you got a player for me today? Oh, no. <laughs> you surprise me every week with this. I know I do. 32 like, is not really, really a great one. 32 is not, not a good not number. There's, the uh, d- there's not good numbers. Daniel Merwa. Daniel Merwa. He was 32, was okay. Yeah. All right. I feel like 32 is a good basketball number. I feel like I can't uh, think of yeah. one, but I, you know, Shaq anyway. was 34, but 34, yeah, 32. That's in a couple of weeks. We get to say that one. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so we got a, a good episode today, Puff. We've got uh, Dan Crosby. Do you know who that is? He is the new head of uh, the new, I guess, owner would be owner, his, would president, be the, CEO, president, all of number it. one guy at BioSteel. BioSteel. He bought BioSteel back in December. BioSteel was a brand that was started a long time ago, independent brand by some guys in Toronto. They grew and grew and grew. They uh, had the campaign Drink the Pink, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had powders, and then they moved into sort of ready-to-drink drinks that you'd buy at the convenience store or Costco or anything like that. And then um, Canopy Growth, a large Canadian cannabis company, bought them, ran it as yeah. another part of their business. And in the uh, over the past six, seven months, they packaged it up and sold it off. And um, and Dan from Windsor, who started a bunch of uh, interesting businesses, uh, ended up with it on December 1st this past year. So really interesting story. So uh, with that, we will have uh, Dan Crosby on. And so why don't we just jump to that interview? It was a great interview. He, uh, he has a lot to say, and I think he has a really clear vision on what he's going to try to do with this brand. So without any further ado... Why don't we jump over to our interview with Dan? Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up and grab your BioSteel water bottle because today's podcast is guest is none other than the newest captain of the BioSteel ship, Dan Crosby. Fresh off his acquisition of the iconic sports hydration brand, Dan's journey from real estate tycoon and to sports nutrition guru is like a slap shot straight into the world of entrepreneurship. Join us as uh, he, we explore Dan's career from buying brands up and turning them into champions. So get ready to sip on some success and learn how Dan is taking BioSteel to new heights. So Dan Crosby from Windsor, Ontario, thanks for joining To The Ring podcast. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a really pleasure to have you. Um, As we were talking before uh, we just started recording, you know, this podcast, we talk a lot about youth hockey in the GTHL and throughout all the arenas, you see BioSteel everywhere and you see the kids with the bottles and you see... Um, you know, drinking the ready-to-drink drinks and, and everything there. So it's a big part of the, the youth hockey. But before we get into that, I think just to start, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, a little bit about where you're from, what you've done, and what your journey sort of has been until December 1st when you took over BioSteel. Okay, yeah. Um, how far do you want me to go back? As far as you want, man. As far as, as, far you want. as I want, okay. Um, well, I, I was never, uh, I didn't grow up. A lot of people think I grew up, you know, uh, as a young kid, you know, at the, at the edge of my street, you know, selling lemonade and always kind of on this unreal thing, but that, that isn't the case at all. I, I didn't grow up with this kind of entrepreneurial mindset. Um, if anything, it was actually quite opposite. Uh, you know, I had to, I had to navigate a lot of this through my own trials and tribulations uh, you know, going through, going through school, not finding things that I, you know, or programs that I really actually enjoyed. Um, and, uh, and naturally just, I guess, leaving, dropping out of school. And, and, uh, as a result of that, you know, 
not really realizing what I wanted to do with my life, seeing all my buddies graduate with, uh, you know, amazing degrees. And, you know, I've got a couple of buddies that are doctors, software engineers, you know, mechanical engineers, and, you know, all these, all, all these, uh, you know, professors, even some of them. And at this point, and, uh, it was kind of like, uh, Oh my God moment. What am I going to do with my life? And, and, uh, I ended up, um, right around the same point of time, I ended up, uh, starting a website called true supplements.com was not doing very well. And at this point, uh, you know, I was, I was in the gyms a lot working out. I, you know, I knew a lot of people around town. So I was like, you know what? Website's not doing very well. I started a, a store on uh, you know, a busy, you know, a pretty good location. And, uh, and if anybody's from that is familiar with Windsor, Ontario, I started it on Dougal Avenue and, uh, uh, started a nutritional store, nutritional store that started doing really well. And this is probably around the 2008 time period okay. when really social media wasn't really anything. And, uh, you know, I started to get on discussion boards, like fitness, uh, discussion boards, and, uh, the website started to pick up because of the discussion boards. And that was kind of, you know, for all the youngsters listening to this, you know, discussion boards back in the day were, were like the social media okay. and, and, uh, you know, that started to kind of pick the brand up because I started to kind of get a little bit of, you know, notoriety on the discussion boards. Cause I knew a decent amount of fitness, uh, information and, you know, diet knowledge and things like that. So, um, you know, I started to gain a little bit of clout on there and, um, you know, I started to convince people to buy my product that I was literally mixing in my basement and kitchen and stuff like that. And, uh, it was just protein powder at that time, right? It was just literally, you know, coming up with a simplistic, a lot of people think that, you know, in order to develop protein powder, you're, you, you know, it, it's scientists in a lab and, and lab coats and it, it's not, it's, it's, it's as simple as getting, you know, maybe anywhere from five to 10 ingredients and, it's the same thing as cooking a dinner. It's the same thing. You, you have a product that's edible. How do you make it taste good with these ingredients? It's, it's no different. And, and, uh, so I started doing that. Um, and, uh, you know, the website started picking up. I sold the store because there, I, I realized that there's not really any scale in brick and mortar anymore. It was a lot of scale in e-commerce and it was easier to scale at that point. So started scaling the website, um, taught myself how to code taught myself Photoshop, uh, you know, marketing, advertising, learned Google AdWords, uh, SE, how to, how to, you know, uh, really push SEO, um, ended up buying the domain canadianprotein.com for like nine bucks back in the day, because I realized the importance <laughs> for, I realized the importance back in the day when, when the majority of people are looking for protein in, in Canada, they're going to be searching for Canada protein, Canadian protein. And at that point in time, if you had an organic, uh, domain name, it would still, it would still hold a lot of weight in organic search results. And it's not so much that way anymore, but at that point in time, the goal was to pull those organic search results in order to direct traffic to my website and it worked. And at this point now, you know, with Canadian protein, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very, um, it's like a sleeper brand, I guess you could say it's, it's not a mainstream brand, but it does mainstream numbers. And, you know, we're in Costco now and, uh, you know, now the brand started from, uh, you know, a generic search 
term. Now we've trademarked it and, uh, you know, it's, it's synonymous more so with a brand rather than a, a generic term in, in at least Canada. And, um, you know, uh, right around the same time going all the way back at that, uh, around the same time when I started the store and the website, uh, I bought a package of, um, real estate that I had saved up all of my money, uh, in order to buy. So I saved up, uh, and I'm going and, and I tell everybody, do you, you guys have a lot of young listeners? Lots of young listeners. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, that, yeah. so, so I'll give, I'll give them a little bit of a piece of advice of how like literally this catapulted me in order to be where I am. Uh, I, I literally saved any, every single penny that I, I could growing up from even when I was doing the pay, like delivering papers when I was like nine years old. So I ended up saving about, uh, $182,000, uh, oh, wow. when wow. I was, I think 23 years old. And I used that money to buy a package of 14 condos in Windsor, um, right around the great recession. So I bought some of those condos, you know, divide out 14, I think. And then I bought another one right after that for like 20 grand. Um, so I think the, I think the buy-in for all of it was like 900,000. So I used $182,000 as a down payment. Uh, the package of condos was about 900 grand. Uh, I remember going into the, the condos and, uh, be literally being on YouTube, learning how to change toilets fix faucets, change flooring, change cabinets, like doing every change lighting, fix whatever, you know, leaking, whatever. And, uh, um, I ended up rehabbing a few of them myself. And then I pulled a $30,000 line of credit. And then I bought my first blender in order to make product myself, because at first I was having it made, uh, after, you know, my home little, you know, hand in, with, with a glove right. and a pail wasn't, wasn't, you know, cutting it anymore. Yeah. And then, uh, I used that, uh, that line of credit to buy my first blender. So I started every, I, I started the real estate and the, and the supplement company right around the same time. And I, and I, and I bought into real estate because I always believed in it. I, I was always of the mentality that, you know, if all else fails, everyone needs a place to live. Right. And, and at that point in time, Windsor was, you know, I, I, I don't, at the great, at the point of the great recession, um, Canada didn't really suffer from the whole financial crisis back in 2008, but what Canada did suffer from was the downfall of the automotive market Yeah, and mm -hmm. Windsor being the capital Absolutely. of the automotive market in Canada, the great recession in the United States took that down as well. And Windsor was a ghost town. So, uh, you know, being a dropout in school, buying some real estate at like, you know, in some cases, 20, 30, $40,000 a condo on the water on Riverside drive in Windsor, uh, you know, right downtown looking at the Rensen, I, I was like, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm if I buy this thing for 20 grand, what's it going to go down to 10 grand? Like, right. it, yeah, yeah, is yeah. it really even? So I, I was very, uh, I didn't have anything else. I was very risk adverse. So I, so I, I went all in and, um, and, uh, if you have any young listeners, I, I could tell you right now, you know, I got, a, I got a lot of cool cars now, but up until about five, six years ago, I was driving a van, a caravan, just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so like as my daily driver, because it could hold five gallon paints, I could put a fridge in it. So, so, you know, I, I can't stress that enough for people to, you know, especially if you're young to, you know, save your bucks because life is a lot easier when you can deploy capital instead of asking for it. So, um, 
you know, you have options and options are always good for success. So, so there's that. And then, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, swinging around here to, to the, the acquisition of BioSteel, uh, in the summertime, you know, I remember, I remember seeing, uh, BioSteel like literally everywhere. I have an eight-year-old son and, uh, I've got, I got four kids and I've, I've got an eight-year-old son that's, uh, in, in travel sports everywhere. And, uh, we were, we were pulling up to a baseball park. This was my last memory of Bio before I owned it, like literally vivid in my mind. <clears throat> and I remember pulling up to a park and I had, I had had a meeting. So I had driven, driven up with, um, one of my employees here to Toronto and, uh, we drove back down to London because my boy had a, a baseball tournament in London on the weekend. And I remember driving to the park and I remember seeing dozens of kids walking around with BioSteel, and I'm like, what is going on with this brand? It's everywhere. Right. And then as I'm pulling up, my wife's pulling up and my kids come out, they've got BioSteel. And my son walks out of the, out of the, the, the car and he's got a case of it. And at this point in time, I had just launched a, and I'm sponsoring the team too. Right. right. And at this point in time, I had just launched like a, a hydration mix product. So I'm like, I sponsor the team <laughs> and my kids are not even, even having Canadian, like, you know, my other brand Canadian yeah. protein, they're all with this bio steel. So I'm like, I can't believe it, but, but it was, it was everywhere. It was all over the arenas. It, it, it was a, it was a crazy, it had crazy penetration, crazy saturation. And, um, and I also remember it, you know, going back when, you know, when it did start, I was out of playing, you know, you know, competitive hockey or whatever. And, um, you know, I was playing pickup, but I remember walking into national sports, you know, sport check, all the, the FGL group, you know, banners, you know, Canadian tire. And I remember seeing drink the pink everywhere back in the day. And, uh, I never, I had actually never tried it, but I remember seeing it everywhere. And I remember seeing it in the locker rooms and, and, uh, it was just such an interesting brand. And then, and then my IT manager had messaged me and was like, Hey, this brand is claiming bankruptcy. And I was like, man, you gotta be, th this must be like one of those kind of gotcha blogs where, you know, somebody puts something out to kind of fish for views or whatever. And then lo and behold, it, it, it was, um, you know, a couple, couple days later, it was, uh, it was all over the place. It was all over social media. And, and then I had, a, I was, I remember I was working out. I got like a little gym in, in the back of my woods here. And the, one of my employees that I work out with every morning, he's like, you should probably look into this. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, this is, I can't even imagine what this thing is worth. Right. Like, what, what are you yeah. talking about? Look into it, you know? Right. And, um, he's like, no, 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 you should, you, you know, we should entertain this. Like we should actually at least look into it. Right. And, and, uh, you know, we started kind of digging and I, I contacted, I, I have, I have some contacts up in uh, private banking at RBC, which I bank with. And I was like, these guys are always kind of, you know, got their, got their finger on the pulse or the thumb on the pulse for like mergers and acquisition deals. So I messaged the guys up in Toronto. I was like, Hey, listen, you know, do you guys know anything about this? And he put me in contact with the investment banker that was handling the, like soliciting a sale for the actual bankrupt business. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of, they set up a call and, and the, the call, which I didn't really actually realize was almost kind of like an interview. And they were kind of interviewing you to see if you were, I guess, 
credible enough to buy the business. Right. Um, so I guess I passed that stage <laughs> yeah. and, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, um, yeah, it, it ended up getting to a stage where they had sent information on the deal. Uh, and then I remember going through the deal and my, my, uh, one of the guys here, you know, he's got an MBA and part of the MBA program is ripping apart businesses and for valuation perspectives and, and things like that. And I remember walking into the office the next morning after the night that he kind of put together what he thinks the business could sell for. And, and mostly from an asset valuation, because in a bankruptcy, that's probably the most common situation that, uh, the business would be valued at. And based off of asset value, he's like, this thing's going to go for nine figures. And, and I was like, okay, what are you talking? Like, why are we here then? Right. Right. Nine figures. What, like, why are we, why are we, we here? And he's like, well, based off the inventory that's available, based off the equipment that's available, based off of the, the brand equity in the, in the, in the North America, really. And, and all of this other IP that's already been developed. He's like, yeah, probably you know, something along those lines. And I'm, and, and, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm not a billionaire, so, right. you know, there's that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, well, let's just, I guess, shoot our shot and see what happens. And, um, we submitted the bid yeah. and, uh, and there was a bunch of other things that I actually can't get into, which is, um, uh, under NDA still, but, um, there was a lot of criteria in order to submit that bid to make sure that you were a credible buyer in order to get the deal done. And there was really, it was kind of like a situation, you know, how the real estate market's super hot right now. And basically, well, it, it still kind of is, but before like a couple years ago, like was super hot. And you know how, if you were to put conditions on a deal that you're like, you're not you're getting that, yeah, you're, it, it, forget it. Like you're not even being considered. That's kind of how this was where, you know, it, it was kind of like a situation that it had to happen super quick. And if you had all of these contingencies, conditions, whatever, like just forget it, yeah. you're not being considered. So, um, we ended up getting a call and I was literally out with buddies and it was like 1130 at night on a Saturday. Huh. And I got a call and they're like, can you talk tomorrow morning? Not a call, sorry, an email. And I'm like, tomorrow morning. I'm like, it's, it's Sunday. Like, yeah. and it's 1130 at night right now. This is weird. So I'm like, okay, well, there's gotta be something here. Right. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, you know, the further we kind of got, the, the more I kind of, you know, they were kind of they were kind of telling me things without telling me things. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we just kind of got closer, worked out a couple, uh, you know, scenarios here and we landed at a deal and, um, yeah, I own BioSteel now. There you go. It was kind of, yeah, it was kind of super quick and it was, it was really an interesting situation. I've never been in anything like this before. And, and, uh, uh, yeah, I guess part of the reason why I, I, you know, they, I guess they, uh, they went with us is because I think we made the transaction and the the transition easier based off of our experience in the same type of industry. And I was able to see through a lot of the, from what I have heard, uh, from other people in the business and, and that were, I guess, close to the deal, a lot of the big brand, like there was some, there was some, I can't say who, but there was some people that were looking at, buying biosteel that were 
literally like some of the biggest companies in the world that were looking at buying this brand, but they could not get over the cash burn, which was $15 million a month that this business was burning, which was public knowledge, right? They just couldn't, they couldn't understand how to get over that number and turn it around. And really our response to that was like fire everybody. Uh, don't bring in, cut all contracts immediately. We didn't assume any contracts. And, um, and if the brand has to go back to, you know, pre NHL deal days, uh, you know, pre big endorsement deal days and the days of when the brand was, you know, pre canopy, it's still worth it. If that was the case, great. And if the brand didn't come with any of the established retail, uh, you know, agreements still in place, and it was only going to stay e-commerce and Amazon only business, great, still a great business to to have, and and it'll still be successful. So that was my mentality going in, which a lot of people kind of took that and ran with it, and was like, oh, Dan's going to take it and make it an e-commerce brand only. But that was never the case. Mm-hmm. It was always just if those retail relationships ended, I would have no choice, but to go that route, but that's not the case at all. The the majority of the retailers, even including Costco there, they love this brand and the majority of them love it because, you know, the parents and especially moms that uh, are buying products for their kids actually trust it. And it's really the only brand that doesn't have warnings all over it uh, for not giving to kids. And if you look at the majority of the competition on the back of it, a lot of it is, you know, you can't give it to any kids under 14 and you, you, you know, no, no kids under 14 and, uh, and, and no product, uh, or you can't have more than one a day. And the reason for that is because it's just got a, you know, in my opinion, uh, you know, that's poor formula in, yeah. in, in, in all honesty, it's got, you know, it's full of, it's full of, uh, you know, it's got preservatives in it, things like that. And, and, uh, you know, the packaging of BioSteel is very unique as well. It's an aseptic fill, which means we don't need preservatives. And what a lot of people also don't realize is, um, uh, you know, there's no light penetration as well in the product, which when you have plastic product, there's light penetration and, Mm -hmm. and that, that requires preservatives and some, and, and in most cases, you know, pretty heavy chemicals. Um, and, uh, and we also don't have to deal with uh, microplastics leaching into the product either. So, which right. is actually the reason why bottled water actually has even an expiry date. So, uh, so it's a really interesting product. And and one of the things that really turned me on to the product, especially, is the fact that when I'm in these arenas and I'm watching a three-year-old uh, walk around with a bottle of BioSteel, and I ask the parent, you know because I've been in the industry for like 15 years. Right. And, right. and I know, I know how, I guess you could say, uh, I, how can I explain this? I, I understand how much of a coveted thing it is for parents to have trust in a supplemental product. Right. And, Absolutely. and, sure. and, when I saw the trust behind this brand to the point where young kids and their moms feel comfortable giving it to them, that's a special thing. And I don't think they meant to do that on purpose. 
And, and, uh, in order to, in order to build that trust it is an extreme unique thing. And, and that was the, one of the biggest things that I felt comfortable moving forward with this brand, because I don't feel comfortable with a brand where there's warnings on it. Number one. And number two, I don't feel comfortable saying, well, Hey, it's not good for your kids, but what it's good enough for you How, yeah. or, or healthy enough for you. How does that make any sense? So, and I, and I know that there might be a little bit of a difference with respect to giving kids a product versus an adult, but you still probably should question that. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, with BioSteel, it's just, it's also a very clean ingredient list and, you know, it's got the proper ratio of the electrolytes that you actually need. And it's got all five and there's not a lot of products on the market that actually have that, which is why, man, the, the if, if I sat here and rifled off the names and the names of the teams that I see coming through ordering this product, you guys would be shocked. Right. And not only shocked by those names, but shocked by the names that already have endorsements with other businesses and companies that have other hydration stuff. So that's a shocking element that, that I also, what was, was very surprised to see after taking on the brand. So, yeah, well, that's great. I mean, that's a, that's a, uh, a great story. First of all, I think that was a really interesting story for everyone to hear on how you got to the place you got to. And then yeah, appreciate when the BioSteel uh, opportunity came aboard, I think it's really interesting for me, for someone who works on brands outside of doing the podcast and, and works in CPG and understands a lot of this, you know, you were in tune to a lot of what the brand equity was, the perceived perception <laughs> of it, you know, the yeah. perception of what it was and then what you actually got it for and understanding sometimes a simple deal can break through really easily. And, and here you are now, you know, I guess three months later, or roughly three months later, yeah. you've got a brand that I know a lot of people see on the TV every night when they're watching hockey or yeah. walking into a, a Sobeys or a Costco or you name it. Um, and so, yeah, congratulations. Well done. I appreciate it. Yeah. 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 I appreciate it, man. So Dan, uh, given the evolving landscape of the sports in uh, sports drink industry, what innovative strategies do you plan to implement to stay competitive? Oh man. Um, focus as, uh, is the main strategy that we're going to be moving forward with is, uh, is focus. I, I feel like the, uh, the brand lacked focus in the past. I think that the brand was trying to be everything to everyone. I think the brand lost its origin story to some extent, you know, the brand started not by a copycat brand. It, it was, uh, which the majority of brands, I, I think, you know, you, you might be able, you guys might be able to have more info on this in, in EPG world, but a lot of brands, it looks like seem to start out of, you know, a, a copycat scenario. Right. Um, from what I've heard, yep. even, you know, prime started as a copycat of body armor is, yeah. is kind of, is, is what I've heard. Well, yeah. Just, and you uh, know, the rule is, you know, just if something's working, just do what they're doing and try to do it, it a bit it, better, you know, and that's it, it, kind of how it exactly. works a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Whereas BioSteel started, um, which I don't think a lot of people realize. And I, I have heard that this is a true story. If anybody truly does know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard it was Matt Nickel that started the brand for uh, Matt Sundin because Matt Sundin felt not that great using Gatorade. And, uh, you know, I don't want to put down other, other brands, but then a lot of other people felt the same way. And, and the brand just spread throughout the NHL 
and it became essentially the unofficial official drink of hockey. And, sure, uh, and yeah. And I think that, um, the strategy moving forward is to really dive into that and, uh, and really, you know, anchor down on, on the brand's roots in, in my opinion. And then, you know, not only, especially in Canada, uh, you know, I think that, I think that the brand needs to focus on hockey and, and hockey is such a, an interesting culture. I think that kids that are entrenched in the, the hockey culture, there's no other culture like it. I grew up playing hockey. I, I, I know, I know what the culture's like and it's, yeah. it's, there's nothing like it. I don't care what anybody says. There's no, there's no other sport that has a hockey culture. So, so, and and I think because of that, you know, when hockey's out of season, which I mean, the hockey season is getting longer and longer and longer. It's almost not necessarily anymore. Yeah. You know, but, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you have a lot of kids that, you know, in the off season, if you want to call it that they'll play baseball, they'll play soccer, but they're still, they're still hockey kids and they're Mm -hmm. still of that hockey mindset culture. So although we would focus on, we plan on focusing on hockey, uh, we realize that the, the spillover into other sports is very real because those hockey kids uh, will take the brands that they truly love and, and, and bring it wherever they go. And uh, so that's what we're going to be leveraging for BioSteel. And I think that uh, like, listen, at the end of the day, for all intents and purposes, BioSteel tried to be, a drink in other sports, it didn't work. Maybe they tried to do it too fast, too soon. Uh, and at the end of the day, you got to look at, I I think historical, uh, other, you know, historical situations where, you know, for example, Gatorade, right. Gatorade was in football and focused on football for the first 15 years of its life cycle. And after that time, it started breaking out into other sports. Right. So, maybe there's, maybe there's a case study there for, you know, BioSteel doing the same, you know, for what, what Gatorade to football is, is, uh, what BioSteel to ho- is to hockey. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think a lot of, uh, I thought, I think a lot of people, uh, discount the, the focus and, and really, you know, niching down and, and doubling down on how the brand actually started. And, uh, I, I think that a lot of these bigger, you know, CPG brands that we're looking at, at this thing, were we're, we're trying to figure out, well, how do we, how do we get this to a billion, $3 billion, $5 billion valuation where I'm focusing on it. And I'm like, well, you know, nine figures is still pretty good, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not really necessarily you know worried about that. If it happens, it's great. But you know, what, what's my best chance on, on, on making a lot of dough with this brand. It's, it's focused because I just don't have the money to be everything to everyone. So yeah. as as a, you know, as a default for me, not having enough money, I have to focus. So it's just, that's what, that's, I feel like what's going to set this brand apart because a lot of these bigger CPG brands, they do want to be everything to everyone because they've got Coke, Pepsi, you know, big investors behind them. And they've got, they've got, you know, deep, deep, deep pockets and they want to see this grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And whereas I don't have those deep pockets and I have to grow, and, uh, I have to, it can, it can even, it can't even be extremely fast growth. I won't be able to fund extremely fast growth. So it has to be extremely stable, you know, Strategic. it has to be extreme. Yeah. It has to be very sustainable, 
you know, growth based off a very solid foundation. That's the only way that I can manage this brand. I can't do it any other way. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I think you, you're in tune to a lot of what goes on there in terms of the large companies, because, you know, they have deep pockets, but they also, you know, do less, you know, get more with less and, you know, they have carrying costs. And, you know, when they catch something that has a wave, it's not like the back in the day where you can take a brand, put it at its core and grow it at the right Got pace it. so you can get it out to, you know, the first users and the next users and so on growth. Got it's it. about like, yeah. how do you, how do you hammer down throughout the summer? What's the quick innovation to get out for the spring and do it again, you know, twice. Got it. Got it. Got it. Budget. But yeah, I think it's really great. So, yeah. um, can you share, so, you know, just taking a step back with some of the stuff you did with your, your protein powder prior to, and, and your real estate investment, what are some of the lessons you've learned from that, that you can use on your approach beyond focus, uh, as you kind of take BioSteel to the next phase? Yeah, I think um, uh, BioSteel needs to focus also on grassroots. I, I think that uh, it lost focus on grassroots. I, I think it tried to go too too deep into, you know, the professional sphere of, of sport. And I think that that was a big issue. I, I, it's, it, you know, the professional players aren't moving the needle on sales here. So it's, it's, the grassroots athletes and, 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 you know, getting deep in with, you know, you guys and, and the GTL and, and, uh, GTHL and, and, uh, uh, you know, even OMHA, OMHA loves this product. He, th- those, those guys are like, I, I don't, we don't have an agreement with your biosteel entity right now, but we don't even care. We just, let's just, let's just keep going. We love the product. We feel confident. Your product is the only product that we feel comfortable telling coaches, kids, parents to use, let's just, let's just keep going in the 2025 season. We'll figure it out. They love it. So yeah, I love that kind the guy, of stuff. Yeah, as an yeah, owner of a guy, business with a brand, yeah. like that's just music to your ears, isn't it? That's insane. Like that, that's, that's, ins- I, I've, I've been trying to do that with Canadian protein for 15 years. So like, so, so the, the, the clout that this brand has with the right people is nuts. And, uh, and, and, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna really double down on that. We're going to make that happen. Like we're, you're going to see biosteel at the, the OMHA tips across, you know, Ontario. And, and, uh, we're going to be sending them a, a whack of stuff. Um, so it's, it's going to be those, those, uh, those, you know, those games. And, um, uh, so that's what we're going to really be doing too, is, is focusing on grassroots and focusing on, you know, minor sports, um, that that's where this, that's where this brand, that's who moves the needle for the brand that's the buyer for the brand. And, and, and that's what I think that they lost focus on is, is marketing to even, even, uh, even supporting the people that use the brand on social media, reposting those people, showing people that they're actually using it, showing, showing those people were recognizing the fact that you're our, you know, the people that are actually using the product organically and supporting those people those are our biggest advocates. And prior to that, you know, it would take probably a week or two to even get, you know, uh, the, the, the green light to, to post anything. And now we're just like, Hey, you know, everybody's, you know, posting memes of the Taylor Swift album cover, you know, have our graphics artists do a quick hockey guy laying on a couch with a biosteel bottle in his hand. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, our post is going semi-viral because, you know, Connor over here in the office did it five minutes before he left for the day, 
you know, so our nimbleness is also a big totally. asset, right? So advantage, yeah, uh, yeah, hundred percent. And and you know, at the same time too, a big advantage here is, uh, you know, I have two two licensed manufacturing facilities as well. I can make the product myself. That's a huge one too. So, um, so I can control manufacturing. I can control the logistics. I can control, you know, the fulfillment of the brand and things like that. So that that's also a big one as well. But I think focusing yeah. on grassroots minor sports is, is going to be the big one that we're going to be attracting also really going after and, and, and communicating to parents that, you know, this is the brand for them to be buying for their young athletes because that's, who's really using the brand. So, so would you say Dan, that your days because BioSteel has always sort of been seen as like, you know, big time hockey players and even the Matt Nickel, like his, the tradition of him is, you know, he was the, the strength guru to the stars and he's, he has a reputation of being like super healthy and, and all the top guys kind of use him. Do you think your days now of, of using like NHL athletes are over behind you? Or do you think that's something you guys could circle back on? Well, hundred percent circling back. I mean, we, we currently have an ongoing deal with the NHL. Um, and, and we're also still like, I just presented our, uh, I just presented a, uh, um, an offer to the NHL to keep that, uh, to keep a long, a longstanding agreement in place on, uh, this past Friday. So I do intend on keeping the NHL deal alive. I don't want that to go away. It's just, how do we get into an arrangement that works for both parties? Because it seemed like, and again, public knowledge, I mean, it's no, it's no mystery of how much money you know, BioSteel in the past was throwing at endorsements. Um, we just, we have to be a little bit smarter because we, you know, we don't have public cannabis money at this point. So, uh, you know, to throw around. So are, are we, are we going after the, the NHL still? Absolutely. I, 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 I'm going to do whatever I can to keep that deal alive because I think that deal is a very interesting one. So long as I can activate grassroots and minor hockey through it. So I would use, NHL as a top funnel, uh, in order to inspire, uh, you know, grassroots and minor sports and, uh, and, and tie it all together, uh, instead of, you know, literally putting, let me give you an example, like literally putting, you know, an NHL seal on a product like this and just expecting people to buy the product. Right. You, you have to, you have to activate that sponsorship and we have really scrappy ways of being able to do it that are pretty cost effective instead of trying to blow our brains out, trying to sponsor every single high profile athlete. But are we going to, are we going to, you know, go after NHLers if the NHL deal doesn't end up coming to fruition? Probably. Yeah. Um, are we going to do it in a more strategic manner? Yes. Um, the reason why we haven't yet is because we're waiting to see where the NHL deal shakes out. Because if the NHL deal does or doesn't pan out, that somewhat changes our approach, uh, given that, you know, essentially the budget just opens up more. So uh, we have more, you know, we have more options. So we, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to blow my brains out yet, just a couple months in with, you know, getting deep with pro athletes. So I want to see where this shakes out because, you know, at the end of the day as well, if the NHL deal does come to fruition, it also... I feel gives me some a negotiating power. Uh, so I don't want to get into agreements without, you know, maybe 
some more firepower behind me, you know, if that makes right. sense. Yeah. It makes total um, sense. You know, even with respect to influencers as well. Right. So, um, I want to see where this NHL deal shakes out and, um, and, uh, you know, as of right now, we still actually do have a deal live. A lot of people don't actually realize that we are still, you know, look at any bench we're there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, and mm. trust, and like I'm, I'm spent like they're getting a lot of product right now. So it, it's, it's a very real deal. So, uh, and that deal is very alive and well, it's, uh, it's just not, it's not a long-term agreement, which we have to, um, still establish at this point. Yeah. Well, um, Thanks, Dan. I mean, this was a really interesting, uh, you know, time flew by here on hearing you talk about how you got to BioSteel and what you're doing with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see the next round of it for sure. I mean, I've I've been close to BioSteel over the last few years, as I mentioned, and obviously a fan of the brand, have had the brand. Hey, I've yeah, got yeah. three young boys that drink it. They wear T-shirts. Um, nice. You know, they buy it. They have the water bottles. So it's a brand that's alive in our house here for sure. Awesome, and it man. Sounds like it's in some really good hands with yourself and uh, and uh, the team that you have there with some proven track records. And, and I think a very thoughtful approach to the business, actually, after hearing you speak about it. So I appreciate good luck. And, and yeah, congratulations. So I know you haven't listened to the pod, but anyone who has listened to the pod, the last question we always ask is, what is your, you know, favorite song or pump up song so in your case when we're talking to athletes like what's the song you, you play before you jump on the ice before a big game so for you maybe what's the song you play before you were like locking in on a deal like this or big before deal. you go into negotiations with the nhl <laughs> blind by corn oh nice yeah. we haven't had that one okay either that or or the intro to uh shoots and ladders by corn that bagpipe man yeah Corn, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah awesome. for sure, man. 100%. It's not corn like years ago at Canada yeah. Wonderland, Lollapalooza. Like, I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. that was. Yeah, yeah. Your, your youngsters aren't going to know what I'm talking about, but yeah. they should look it up. Maybe, no, maybe they, not, they all maybe come back people. around. They'll, yeah, corn's going to sure. come back around. There you um, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Dan, Stable. yeah, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate you coming on the pod. Uh, Luke, who is working with you, set this up. So, yeah. we really want to say thanks to Luke for setting this up for us. And awesome. yeah, all the best. We'll be watching. We'll be drinking. We'll be supporting for sure. And uh, and have a great run with it. Yeah. We're yeah. Watching. Awesome, man. I want to leave. Uh, I'll leave you with one thing too. If if anybody's looking for, uh, you know, any sponsorships or whatever, we'll we'll uh, you know we'll we'll take we'll, we'll take a look at anybody. I don't care how old, what level, anything. Uh, there's something for everybody at this point with BioSteel. And, uh, you know, we've got a partnership link on the website. So, um, we've also got team sponsorship options for everybody. We've got fundraising options for, for teams as well. So, uh, you know, if you guys in the, the GTHL are looking for any kind of, you know, financial support or whatever, you know, hit us up and, uh, we'd love to work with you. That's amazing. That's a really great yeah. thing to end awesome. with. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, awesome, I know uh, our team will probably take you up on that offer. So. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, but yeah, yeah. no, uh, again, Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. And best of luck uh, in the future. Awesome. And we look forward to watching it. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thanks Dan. Thanks Dan. Awesome. Well, that was a pretty incredible story to, yeah. to, I mean, I didn't obviously I didn't know anything about Dan before, uh, before the interview. And, uh, I mean, BioSteel is a big brand name, and when that went on sale, you got to think the the heaviest of heavy hitters were all circling, absolutely uh, circling for that uh, you know that product. And so, good on him for uh, yeah. putting together the best deal. And and he seems to really have a clear vision. And I love the fact that he's diving right into the hockey, and especially the minor hockey world. And I know. Yeah. Your boys, my boys, um, love the product, and yep. 
BioSteel's hockey, you know, it does yeah. more than any of the other kind of sporting drinks. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're synonymous with hockey and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm definitely excited about what's going to happen with the product. So yeah. I was worried it was going to go away. Yeah. Well, you know, I really enjoyed the interview and meeting Dan through this process too, because I mean, I liked his story up front on like, you know, I think there was lessons for the kids in there where he saved his money, you know, every yeah. penny he had, he was the one fixing the toilets in the, in the rental properties. He was the one that created the powder and figured out how to do it. And then he went on the, on the internet to figure out as, as uh, you know, search word engine, you know, search engine, search word optimization. Sorry, we got to cut that, but like <laughs> figuring out, you know, how to promote it online, how to have an e-commerce store. Um, and sort of understanding when it was time to get rid of something like the store and then moving on to online. And yeah, in that conversation, you know, he shot a shot and he got it. And, uh, yeah, I think he's got a, uh, a great brand, big, yeah. a big, a brand that has a huge, uh, following, I think. And, uh, yeah, I wish him all the best of luck for sure. I also like his swagger. He's got a bit of swagger. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You gotta have that. Sure. I think so you got it. in that position and trying to do the big yeah. things you're doing. Yep. Dan Crosby, he's got swagger from Windsor, Windsor, Ontario. Yep. Lovely. Good friend, though. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, with that, um, thanks everybody for joining us for this latest episode of To the Rink. Luke Allen, thanks so much for helping us set up that interview with Dan. We appreciate it. Stoff, thanks so much for helping us put this together, obviously, every week. And uh, everyone, check us out. You know, subscribe, listen, review Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram. Uh, we appreciate it. And until next week, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. <laughs>